From Chicago, welcome to Three Degrees Discussions. I'm your host, Mike Vasquez. This is a podcast devoted to the stories behind the innovators, entrepreneurs, and leaders in the 3D printing industry. Uh, I first saw it in um, my private life. A buddy of mine bought a 3D printer, one of the early filament printers. I don't even know what thing it was, but I was amazed to see how something built up out of scratch. And uh, we, we've been sitting there drinking beer, watching the printer, talking about God and the world. And um, it was mesmerizing. And to this day, I like looking into the printer, especially the SLS printer. It's, Still magic. That's Patrick Kubala. Patrick is a senior formulator for Tiger Coatings in Austria. He has spent the last several years developing, testing, and commercializing new polymers for additive manufacturing in both the laser powered by diffusion space as well as the composites industry. Before we get started, head over to www.3degreescompany.com and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, you can listen to the show anywhere you download your podcast, including Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or Stitcher. Also, if you or your company are looking for materials, qualification, or general added manufacturing support, reach out to the team through our website or via email at info at 3degreescompany.com. All right, Patrick, thank you so much for joining the show today. I'm excited for the conversation. Um, we've known each other for a number of years now, so excited to mm-hmm. get your, introduce kind of your story to the audience. Um, so like the... Like the uh, all the other episodes that we do, I, I like to start out at the very beginning. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, where were you born? Kind of what was growing up like? What kind of got you on the path towards working in engineering and manufacturing? Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for having me here. Um, it's an honor to talk to you in this uh, episode. So, I was born in Germany in a small town called Aalen. And um, as my whole family started with uh, chemistry, I had to do it on my own as well and started to work in chemistry at the BASF coatings. And afterwards, um, I thought, hey, this is very cool to know more about polymeric engineering. So I started to study that. And um, after I was done studying, I thought, hey, where can I work next? And had some job offers, and one of them were in Austria. So I haven't been to Austria, but I thought to myself, what's a better opportunity to know the country and the people than to live there? And I thought it would be an episode of two to three years, but now I'm here nine years working first in the coatings sector and as my company tiger coating started with additive manufacturing uh, i wanted to be part of it um, because i like these new innovative stuff and um, get to know the technology and how it all worked out and um, yeah right now i'm in the development of thermoset sls materials Awesome. And so kind of going back to kind of your early days was, 
did you like chemistry or like you had some family members that did it? Like what, was there anything specific that, that drew you to it? Like, um, and also, I mean, like, is it the, um, I only have the, the experience in the American system where you kind of do elementary, middle school, high school, you don't really pick anything until you get to college. Was, was that a, a similar experience for you? Uh, yeah, we couldn't pick it either. But um, as my family comes of the chemistry sector, I was quite confident with that. So I had fun with it. And um, in, as I was a child, my dad did some uh, magic shows with chemicals at home at my birthdays. So then I was kind of hooked to chemistry. So um i looked forward doing chemistry on my own and yeah and a lot of times when we get when when we're talking to people about manufacturing and certainly people that aren't living and breathing it every day like ourselves like we kind of take for granted what does it mean to work in some of these big companies like basf and 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 tiger to a certain extent do you want to kind of maybe describe kind of um what your initial impressions were of of going to work in the chemical space versus kind of mm-hmm. what the reality was and, and kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, what first caught my eye um, in the chemistry sector was the high safety standards, um, which is obvious because you work with it and you want to uh, don't have damage because of working with the chemicals. Um, and this caught my uh, this caught my eye in the beginning, and um, during uh, my first work at the BASF, I got to know um, all the safety parameters, and um, yeah, I lost track of what I wanted to say. Did Did you have a um... A particular industry, I know you say kind of chemical, but like there's so many, like BASF wasn't their tagline where, uh, like we're in everything you make or so. I can't remember the exact one, but like you don't know a lot of things we, we make, but we're in everything. I, I it was the in the 90s or in the early 2000s, I had like something around, along those lines, but did you have a, a, a sense of what, um, like any particular industry that drew your eye, automotive or, oil and gas or anything like that was there like a specific poll or did you just kind of like the field of like hey like this is kind of a um like i can apply myself in a lot of different types of applications through through this mm-hmm. company um in both of these companies uh, i had the chance to work in many different sectors because uh, coatings <clears throat> are used also in automotive sector um, aerospace, um, beverages, etc. And um, in the beginning, it was giving these parts um, a new lifetime, a new color that people more appreciate what they are, uh, what they are looking at, or what they are holding, or what they are driving, and so on. Um, this is till that day one of my passions 
And uh, yeah, now I've got the opportunity to go more into the additive manufacturing um, sector, which has other advantages. You can um, create something out of scrap. You just need the material, the printer, and the, and you need to know what you uh, what you want to print. And afterwards, you can still um, applicate some um, some coatings on it as well. So this is where these two um, technologies merge. And where where was your first interaction with three D printing? Was it with with like in your personal life and professional life, where where did you first see it? Uh, I first saw it in um, my private life. A buddy of mine bought a three D printer, one of the early filament printers. I don't even know what thing it was, but I was amazed to see how something built up out of scratch and. Uh, we we've been sitting there drinking beer, watching the printer, talking about God and the world, and um, it was mesmerizing. And to this day, I like looking into the printer, especially the SLS printer. It's still magic, and I can watch it a long time. And did you know when you were transitioning from BSF to tiger that you were going to be working on additive manufacturing or did that something kind of come up naturally in in what you were working on uh this came up because tiger coating started four to five years ago with additive manufacturing because they have seen that additive manufacturing is uh, a great potential market and uh then Tiger started with a with a new team to work on this field, and um, I wanted to be part of it. So I got the job to work on that. And right now, uh, as Tiger comes from powder coat uh, from the powder coating industry, where the binders are thermosetting materials, we have started to develop thermoset materials for SLS application. And um, I liked uh, the challenge to see if it's possible to bring something this specific to the market. And so along those lines, maybe just give a little bit of background on, on Tiger for those who may not be aware. So you mentioned a little bit about the kind of historically in the coatings business, but um, maybe explain kind of a little bit more of about that and and kind of what the technology is uh, like how does powder coating work versus a lot of the audience may be familiar with more of the 3d printing mm -hmm. side but may not be as familiar with with powder coating mm -hmm. um so tiger started with um, powder coating in the 60s roundabout um and the te technology is quite different uh, to liquid coatings um, because there you have uh, solvents 
and then you spray it on what you want to coat. But with powder coatings, uh, this is a solvent-free technology. So <clears throat> you have a powder and you applicate it by electrical charging of the powder. And the powder uh, flies to the substrate you want to coat and then you then you just cure it like some other solvent-based uh, coatings and um, afterwards you have your solid coating um, solid coating on your substrate and with that is it in a it's a powder form correct that's what kind of the main uh, main feedstock is for powder coating and mm -hmm. essentially can you what what's the kind of particle size that, that we're talking about for for typical powder coated uh, powder coating um, uh, materials yeah it uh, depends a little bit on the application but you're there between 30 to 150 micrometers mm -hmm. um, so wide range it depends on where you put your uh, where you put the powder coating on but in terms of sls it's kind of in that window right like you've got kind mm -hmm. of the the ability and so as as tiger is exploring the technology kind of you're on the team kind of tasked to build that out um and and thermosets was a, a big target target kind of given the the history of the company what you guys were good at what was in your kind of resin portfolio and library so Again, maybe just kind of letting in the audience on on, on some more of the technical stuff. Um, maybe explain a little bit of what what is a thermoset, um, how is it compared to a thermoplastic, and and what what are some of the advantages of uh, of using that in in industrial applications. Mm -hmm. So the thermoplastic materials that you can see right now on the market for SLS. Um, the, if you bring it into the shape and you heat it afterwards, it, uh, after a specific temperature, it will melt again and you can um, reform it. The thermosetting resins or materials um, are connecting um, because of chemical bonds. Uh, this means that they are more temperature stable and has some other mechanical characteristics than the thermoplastic materials. Um, the production of these materials um, are partially similar. You need an extruder to compound your materials. You need a mill to get the fine materials that you can afterwards put into your printer. So, there we had quite um, some good um, good basis here at Tiger Coatings. Also, the know-how of the chemistries of the thermosetting materials that played in our hands. So we just need to focus on these characteristics we need for SLS printing, uh, instead of powder coating and then we could do some trials and see this works this works not then we had to know why it doesn't work and what we can do uh, what we can 
better uh, for the next for the next trials and this is how we got step to step to this position where we are now where we say we have materials that are uh, good enough for the market that have advantages um, instead of other materials and get some value to the customer and so maybe walk me through the process of uh, kind of changes within a, a a thermoset material in a SLS process. So typically you'd have like a, a nylon 12, nylon 11, it melts around 190, let's call it. And so the laser melts it, um, the area or the that specific layer, um, more powder goes on top, you melt that layer and you kind of keep going until the part's done and then it all cools down and everything's kind of at an elevated temperature. With a thermoset, mm-hmm. um, I imagine you don't want to get like there's a delicate balance, right? Or you have to have some sort of other mechanism to you need it to melt, but if it cures, mm-hmm. you got a big big problem in that your SLS machine, right? And so thermal balancing or however you want to cure it is is a little bit um less straightforward, maybe to say than than like a PA than a typical thermo thermoplastic in PA twelve and mm. and in SLS. So maybe just walk walk us through like what's the like how does it actually work like how do you how do you get a thermoset out in a in an sls system mm-hmm. yeah basically 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 the steps are more or less the same we have a preheating step um but the printing happens not at 160 to 250 degrees depending on the material but at uh, 60 to 80 degrees because of um, our thermosetting materials, and then the, the laser scans the area that you have. You want to have the parts as long as uh, until the part is ready, and then you put the cake out of the printer and break out the parts of the cake and sandblast it. There, you need to be a bit careful because these parts. Um, are basically green parts. You don't have the mechanical strength that you would normally have with um, thermoplastic materials, but um, you can get them out and afterwards you put it into the oven for a post-curing step. This is additional um, to the other uh, to the other market materials. And um, there when you have plain parts, for example, um, testing specimen for HDT or so, you can just put it onto a, a PTFE plate. But if you have design technically more complex parts, uh, you put it into a salt bath. And the salt um, just supports the part because when you heat it up, it gets um soft a bit and with the salt it doesn't uh, deform and after the post curing you have a stiff part depending on which material you're using and have a high have high mechanical properties and high um, thermal properties and 
chemical resistance and yeah the other advantages um, uh, thermosetting material has and so it's very similar to like what you would see in like a, a carbon system or or some of the other like um liquid resin systems that are also using thermosets they take them out of the the printer they put them in a salt bath and then in in that case you're doing uv curing in this in this case you're doing a another thermal step to mm-hmm. to kind of take it over the and uh, over the edge and kind of cure those those bonds and so exactly. with thermosets i mean it's sometimes confusing i bet like i've always been confused in terms of like not confused but it's somewhat more challenging to find the it's not necessarily straightforward to name the polymer right like there's pa12 or pa11 like you can define that in in some of the the um the thermoplastics but on the um on the um thermoset side like there's a lot of different grades and how you cure it. Um, do you tend to typically focus on kind of rigid resins or kind of or stiff resin, um, stiff end parts, or are you looking at elastomers and, and other types of materials? Uh, for now, our main focus is on um, more, more stiff parts because uh, they're easier to handle. And um, yeah, I think flexible parts are quite good covered by the materials that are all, uh, already on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, all our specialty comes when it comes to, for example, flame retardancy or UV stability. This is something that's not common on the market. And then um, with these properties, we can put in our material uh, knowledge and adjust the mechanical properties, but only to a certain extent. For example, we will probably never be as good as um, a nylon regarding uh, regarding the flexibility or so. But um, yeah, you just need to know what you need for your part and um yeah then we would have the ability to adjust our material to that kind and what markets are most interested in in those sorts of properties um especially the transportation industry for example aerospace or um bus manufacturers or train manufacturers they you have very high flame retardant properties. And um, we had the, um, we've made uh, some trials with our new um, flame retardant material and um, yeah, got the good results for the European train or European train um for the train specification so um this was quite a happy day for us to get this good news and are there specific printers that are using or like that are um 
kind of able to use the thermo set materials it sounds like with the bed temperature like you can go pretty low like you don't need any special equipment to go in terms of temperature um but certainly mm-hmm. some of the systems are more locked down than than others have you found success with kind of a, is there a specific kind of type of printer or, or company that you partner with on that front so in general it just need to be an open printer that can handle these low temperatures. Um, right now we are working with a Prodways mm-hmm. P1000 machine and a Fasoon HT252. And these work great with our materials, but have also at our partner companies tested some other open source printers. And this worked as good as with these other machines as it is with SLS printing or with, I think every 3d printer, you have to adjust the, um, uh, the parameters for the printer every time you go to a new one, because you don't know how much the laser is worn out and so on. So, um, you need some kind of adjustment in the beginning, but, um, with the expertise we have with our printers now, we can just uh, give some starting parameters and then the adjustment process is much faster. I've In previous calls we've had, I've seen the uh, printer in the background. So how have you found kind of um, the experience of operating a system or seeing it run kind of helped with your understanding of the material and and how to process it and then subsequently how to help customers? Mm, I don't get the question (laughs) quite. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, no, like, so how much, how important is it to have the hands-on experience with the the printer and and seeing your materials run and and seeing kind Mm. of parameter changes or different parts and how geometries that that might come up with 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 new formulations or or new customer requests Mm. Um, for us it's um, necessary to have these expertise um, because we have uh, different functions first we need to formulate um, our new material then we have to test it and when we didn't have the expertise, then we didn't know if it's the problem of the formulation or it's a problem of the printing process. Um, this is something we had to learn in the beginning because um, we thought we would often have a bad formulation, but we just didn't know how to adjust the printer in the right way. And the other thing is, um, as there are not yet thermoset materials for SLS printers. We need um, to talk to our potential customers and um, yeah, we need to show them the benefits and when they are ready to try the material, we need to get them um, our knowledge that they can print on their own. So um, it was, quite important to uh, to get the knowledge in the first place and right now we are 
spreading our knowledge to our potential customers. And what's, I mean, put your, so as a material supplier and um, kind of working with your residents all the time, um, what's kind of the most common question that you get asked from an end user as you, you start to talk about thermosets and, and the capabilities of your, your systems? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think the most asked question is um, what are the differences in um, the printing process? Um, because most of the people we are talking with already have something in mind when it comes to thermoset materials. And um, they think they need a totally new printer for that, but they don't know that it's going uh, to work also on, a, on mostly every open printer. So uh, we first start with um, teaching them about the printing process, how we are doing it, um, what kind of um, what kind of uh, life hacks we have for using our materials. So, yeah. And what about the the post processing side? So, does Tiger do a lot in? post-processing or coding 3d printed parts is that kind of a is that kind of grouped into the the added manufacturing realm are you specifically targeting hey we know our coatings will work really good with sls parts or other types of of printed parts is that something that the that you found as well yeah we have um tested it several times on our parts and this is one of our uh, unique selling points um, because it's very hard to to coat uh, thermoplastic material, but it's nearly easy to coat um, a thermoset material because the chemistry is similar. So you also get a chemical bond between the parts and the coating. So there you have. Uh, one advantage of that, and um, we're currently working out some sample kits we want to send to our customers, where we also have um, powder-coated parts in. And uh, as we have seen on the form next last year, that uh, especially the coated parts drew a lot of attention. And what's the reason for, so it doesn't coat thermoplastic as well? Is that a temperature issue? Usually you don't have the, the temperature stability for powder coating to to sink into the resin, um, or is it more chemistry? It's actually both. Um, you have a temperature issue because the substrate is degassing at some temperatures or... Um, thermoplastic materials are start to melt or at least get soft and lose the shape. And the chemical issue is also that um, 
of the polarity of the material, it doesn't want to get coated. So, yeah. and as SLS is one of many different printing technologies, are there other technologies that you're looking at um, from a coating perspective, also from your your raw resin perspective as well, to to explore and um, to expand into? From um, our coating perspective, um, our colleagues are also working on coating other 3D printed parts as well to see how this works. And from our um, additive manufacturing perspective, uh, we are still trying to um, get the SLS thing going. And afterwards, maybe we are looking at other markets as well. All right, so we've talked a lot about SLS. Are there any other 3D printing technologies or projects that you're working on as well? Uh, yeah, actually, yes. Um, we are currently <clears throat> working on composite-based additive manufacturing that Impossible object, uh, Objects has developed. And um, we've started a development of a thermoset material to improve heat stability, UV, um, resistance and um, other uh, other characteristics as well, and um, this is an, a, a very interesting technology, I have to say. And we are looking forward uh, how far our project will come. And it's a kind of a nice fit, right? Because most most composites. And you like conventional composites when you think of layups already use a lot of thermoset materials, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, so this was a convenient way to go with um, CBAM as well. So we'll see how this will work out. Fantastic. And so, kind of a couple of, of last questions. So, one is um, as you uh, look into the rest of 2022 or 2023 I've, I've got my years wrong here but um what are you excited about what what's on your horizon from a uh either um new technology new market trade show that that you're excited to kind of continue to work on and, and push forward mm -hmm. um i think the next one we are looking forward to is the amac and i think las vegas my will, down, uh, down oh, the street. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bad mistake. Uh, my colleague will go there, and um, we are excited to see um, what kind of questions we get asked and um, how much attention this new technology will do. Um, and in November, again, the form next. We have to be there because it's right around the corner. So this is also awesome. And um, yeah, regarding new technologies, actually, I'm not quite sure what will be released in this year. I'm more of the type that looks into um, looks into the news and see, hey, wow, this is new, and then I start to with it but um 
proactively looking for that. Awesome. And I know you're you're at 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 this time also kind of doing a full time additional degree in terms of your day job. So this may be mm-hmm. may fit, but uh what's a uh what's an interesting book or a book that's made an impact on you um that's been helpful for your professional career? Hmm. I think it's from Stephen R. Covey, um, the seven steps to efficiency. I'm not sure what uh, what the English title is, but this works also for the private and for the business life. And it totally changed mine, to be honest, because I've stumbled upon it um, casually. And after I've read it, I started with um, this whole um, learning new stuff thing. Definitely, definitely a must read. For sure. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining the show today. Excited to, to see what you guys are up to and uh, continue to track your progress. Thank you for the pleasant talk. Um, yeah. Perfect. So I'm going to... I'm going to, I'll cut it here, but um, do you want to talk anything about impossible objects or is that under NDA? Should we not talk about that? Mm. I can go back and edit. Actually, edit actually, I'm not sure how, how this works, to be honest. And yeah, I think in this case, better be safe than sorry. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm gonna stop the recording if you wanna. Like, we can always add in stuff that's gonna go up in a, a couple weeks. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll stop it here. I'll cut the, this. Is obviously I'll cut all out. But uh, yeah. okay, yeah. cool. I I can talk to my colleague. Um, how this will be from the NDA perspective, and yeah, maybe we can add that later. Yeah, sounds good.